Yeah, Coach Kia. What up? Uh, talking about that good money. What we talking about? We talking about philanthropy. Coach Kia Kroon playing A, B, and a C. It's no fantasy. She can make it reality. Best in the field like a first-string athlete. Fundraising and marketing, she get tactical. Tackle your issues with a playbook so your cash can grow. She can show you just what to do. Coach Kia Kroon, when she touched down, it's a W. Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, you an all-star, show me how to game. Go, 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 go. Hello, hello, hello out there. Who's winning? I need to see it. Who's winning? Where you winning from? Holler at me. I hope everybody's having a good week. You're um, meeting, you're fundraising, and your marketing goes. I hope everybody uh, is, can you believe it? It's already almost march i'm wanting to fast forward a little bit to spring but um i'm enjoying myself nonetheless although here in the dc region we haven't really had winter um but i'm and i'm digging it but you know me i come alive in the springtime i hope everybody's doing well out there i want to welcome you to winning wednesdays on the fundraising and marketing playbook where we share tactical fundraising and marketing plays designed to help your nonprofit win. We want to help nonprofit fundraisers win. That's what it's all about. Just win, baby. This production is brought to you by none other than Kia Kroon Fundraising and Philanthropy, a Black woman-owned fundraising firm rooted in equity and inclusion, because inclusion is, as inclusion does, and Bonterra, a social good software company dedicated to powering those who power social impact with best-in-class management, corporate social responsibility, fundraising and engagement solutions y'all this one uh oh happy wednesday where you winning from you got to tell me where you winning from where you winning from out there so before i introduce this guest my distinguished guest i want to let y'all know we got a great topic for you if you are considering creating a membership strategy right as maybe it's part of a new um, revenue stream of earned income or maybe you're curating an organization incubating a nonprofit. you've got ideas and you're considering um, making it a membership entity i've got a phenomenal guest she goes by the name of Mia Rice, and she is an account director at the Chapman, Cubine, Allen, and Hussey firm. Mia, tell the people how you doing. Tell the folks, the good folks out there, how you doing. Hello, I'm doing great this fine Wednesday. Like you said, the D.C. weather is is something, but, you know, we're hanging in there. Feeling good. Hanging in there. I'll take it. I'll take it. So talk to the good people out there. I primed, you know, the audience for our discussion. Today is 
all about membership, right? So with that being said, Mia, what's the winning play? What's the play? You're on the mic. Yes, the play is building a diverse membership program. I do want to say thank you to Kia, though, for inviting me on today to chat with her. Um, she's a trailblazer in this space, adding color to the philanthropy and fundraising world. And I'm just, you know, grateful to be here. Thank you. I wouldn't have it. Hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. And for those of you that are on the line watching or those of you that might be watching um, at a later time, I curate this space to converge marketing and fundraising because I really feel like in the space of fundraising and development, you can't have one without the other. There's this inextricable tie, right? We're inextricably bound in fundraising and marketing. And I'm only going to bring the best of the best here. So you being the best of the best doll, let's talk about this winning play. Oh, How do, what do organizations need to do? Where do they start? What are the deets? So it's interesting that like building a diverse membership program is this really big thing, right? It's a really big sentence, the really big goal, but it takes really specific and thoughtful execution and evaluation to do it. And I think about building a diverse membership file, not necessarily as adding different cohorts of different backgrounds, age, et cetera, you're really making something new, right? Because you're introducing facets of an organization to your new cohorts, but also reintroducing yourself to folks who've been with you for forever. Right. And fortunately for us, gone are the days where folks can say, oh, I'm ready to diversify just because everybody else right. is doing it. That's not a reason anymore. You have to be specific. You have to figure out your why. So I think before folks decide, you know, I want to go find donors of color. I want to find younger donors or younger members. Like, does that make sense for you? Like, what is your why? So figuring out why you want to diversify to find those potential new donors or new members helps create more authentic communications. Okay. And donors can feel when it's not authentic and they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you in your admin email box or they're going to tell you by how often they give or how much they give, right? That's right. And they give based on sort of the connection that they feel. And that connection has to be natural, right? They don't want to feel pandered to. They want to feel like they're communicating or joining an organization that they feel gets them. Yeah. And I think, especially in the fundraising space, we have to think about diversity beyond race, ethnicity, age, and gender. It's age, it's socioeconomic factors, it's accessibility, it's lots of different things. So once you sort of figure out what and why you want to diversify, then you can pivot into creative, into content, into all of those other things. And then also looking internally, like what void in your program are you trying to fill? Um, and does filling that void make sense? Yes, you might say, you know, I really, I think it's really important for us to add members of color, but does that make sense for your program? Does that make sense to your mission? It, it might not. Those donors might not feel connected to you because you might not impact them in a way that they feel is important. Does it add value? Does it make sense? Do you even have sort of the tools in place to continue that relationship 
after conversion. Because once you bring those people on, you have to continue to talk to them and communicate them and cultivate them in the way that you brought them on or else they're going to leave you. And then all of this was for naught, right? So it is a really thoughtful thing for folks to impart on, but it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of strategic thinking. Um, I got a question for you. Yeah. So we know, uh, like when I think about membership programs, I think about some of my favorite museums. Mm -hmm. I think about the work that they do and some of the bells and whistles or tangibles, you know, some of those offerings that they offer constituents like myself, right? Mm -hmm. I think about, there's a few organizations that I interface with that are more or less affinity groups, if you will, right? I guess what I'm getting at is I want to determine or, or just ask, you know, does this have to be by your estimation does it when you say creating a diverse membership base right are we talking about for one of those types of agencies or you know like what kinds of agencies does it make sense theoretically you know to consider doing this for can you give us some exemplars i think any organization that has a broad enough mission that you feel like you can expand upon to a point where you can bring on new people it works so for example i am really passionate about education and literacy so if you have a program that talks about education it could be targeted to college prep it could be um folks passionate about k through 12 it could be education equity it could be mentorship programs like i feel like organizations with missions that are broad enough that you feel like you can pivot your messaging or pivot your content in a different way but still look and feel like yourself you could do it as long as long as it fits i think where you get the opposite effect is trying to make your organization something that you aren't just to bring on fresh blood like that doesn't right yeah that sounds like the okie doke you know right exactly be a part of the okie doke (laughs) um okay so an organization that has i think what i'm hearing that it i almost want to say like some kind of a niche Mm -hmm. right like you talk about education and equity you talk about like one of the membership organizations that i had the distinct pleasure of working for was the national society of black engineers right mm-hmm. and the nesby right there might be some nesby members or um, supporters or fans watching nesby had multiple constituencies okay um, I believe four. It's been a while since I've been in the Nesby world, but I believe there was four. They had pre-collegiate students, right, who are third through eighth grade, right, and 
eighth grade through 12, grades eight through 12 chapters, right? They've got chapters mm -hmm. all over the globe, all over the US and even in the Caribbean um, and possibly the motherland in Africa um, to cultivate interest in young people in STEM, right? Cultivating black minds in STEM or um, with a goal of increasing representation in STEM. They had a collegiate constituency, which would plug into their membership, their chapters at ABIT accredited colleges and universities across the US, right? And then they had professionals. They had their professionals who were men and women and otherwise that are employed in STEM fields, right? Whether they were geospatial scientists, engineers, um, you name it, right? Mechanical, mm -hmm. electrical, cybersecurity professionals. I think that's three constituencies. Excuse me. I thought I, I might have said four. That's three constituencies, right? Now, for an organization that really wants to get this right, and I want to be really, really clear, when we talk about where we're talking here about diversity, we're talking to organizations that might have a membership initiative that might want to um, explore the possibility of appealing to more diverse members, right? Or an organization that might, you know, be wanting to build out a membership strategy and appeal to diverse um, members being black, Latin, you know, any minoritized um, racial groups, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to make that really, really clear. And you talking about this dynamic of kind of pandering in no way are we wanting to suggest that this works for everybody? Sure. You know, you pander to appeal to a certain audience. But what I'm hearing from you is for those that works, right? Mm -hmm. Have your why. Know why you want to diversify. Can you think of a, a good reason to, you know, that might make sense for an organization to do so? If you think about an organization, you brought up museums, like museums, right? Museums are cultural entities. You go there to visit and look at things, but they're also mm -hmm. a vessel for education. Um, it's a tourism spot. It is a place for folks to learn and unlearn and discover. So you could take that specific example and decide, well, we need to tap into um, some education resources or education cohorts, or we need to look at more cultural or let's tap into tourism and hospitality. So as long as there is space to grow, I think, and then the opportunity to take those specific pieces and expand them out. I think as long as there is room and the opportunity, it works. Makes sense to me, makes sense to me. So with that being said, have your why, mm -hmm. right? It sounds like this needs to, this decision it needs to be, you know, in data informed, possibly to a degree. Let's suppose I'm a membership organization 
and or or an affinity organization right and i'm seeing a certain group maybe it's a social group maybe it's a racial and ethnic um you know group of people that are engaging with the content or frequenting the events right mm -hmm. is do we how do we move from conjecture like hmm you know if you are a organization and i talked to some of these that is more or less supported by you know white women and white men right and you want to appeal to more black females for instance right and you see that there are black women engaging with the content i guess what i'm trying to find out mm -hmm. is you know how do we make this more data informed and less conjecture to vet this and determine whether or not it's a go right whether or not it makes sense do you have any suggestions on that sure well it's like you said like monitoring your engagement right so if you track sort of um site traffic social engagement if you are able to do surveys i know folks have mixed feelings about surveys but allowing people <laughs> to self-identify right right <laughs> that's always a good way um and then i would say like if you are thinking about branching out into these cohorts make sure you have someone on your team from that cohort yes i cannot as a black woman tell you what someone else may think i can't mm -hmm. also speak for all black women mm -hmm. but i can provide insight that someone else cannot that makes perfect sense to me and i'm gonna tell you I think for anybody that may be watching this, that's really thinking about this and kind of unpacking it, you're talking about lived experience and proximity. It's important to have that. If, and we talk a lot about proximity and lived experience when we talk about race. Well, maybe I do because my work intersects with DE and I but even other social groups or people with you know different a bit capabilities like for instance if i'm living with a disability right or, or let's suppose i'm engaged with an organization that supports people living with disabilities right and they are wanting to institute some kind of membership component you know i'd be reluctant as a person um that is not to mm -hmm. be at the helm of that you know i'm a champion of inclusion and what you're talking about is inclusion lived experience and proximity really yep. putting whoever right is aligned with you know what this entity stands for this body stands for as you know like one of your program leads or um you know c-suitely i mean whatever the case may be right you want to be mm -hmm. leveraging um the the capabilities the talents and feedback of somebody that is proximate that is very very key especially when we talk about engaging diverse 
um, you know, diverse folks with a, in any part of a strategy, right? I think that's really key to us. Otherwise, you like you said, it runs the risk of not feeling authentic. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to feel like no organization wants to put themselves out that way. Um, and I think you made a good point about tapping other folks like if you're in development, if you're in membership, you are not the only one with great ideas. You know, like you said, tap your programs, people tap the people on the IT team. Anyone can have good ideas. Yeah. And I think as we talk about diversifying a membership file, it's important to diversify your idea bank. Absolutely. No, this is really, really, really good. And I know that we don't have a whole lot of time left. Can you can you give an example of anyone who has done this particularly well? I can. Um, one of someone I work with is a museum and they were a brand new museum um, opening this year, brand new membership program, and it's about um, it's the International African American Museum. So it's about okay. African American history. But the interesting part about them when we started was that, yes, it's about African Americans. It's about the experience of Black people. But Black people are not the only people who care about this museum. You have to talk to people of other backgrounds who may feel some guilt as it relates to this history, are interested in learning. Um, so we were able to tap into that and create creative, create content that made people feel excited about something new happening, made them think about things that they had learned, made them feel a little bit angry and a little bit guilty and use all of those emotions to convert them to donors. Um, also tapping into things like membership cards and that feeling of belonging, giving people anything that they can sort of keep that's tangible, really hold in their hand sometimes or like save in their email box. Um, and it worked really well for them. We were able to grow a really strong membership program um, of lots of backgrounds, a younger cohort that I had seen as well. I think we saw folks under 60, which in direct response is very young, even between yeah. 35 and 50. Yeah. So it worked really well for them. But I think it's because they had a really strong mission. They knew who they are. They were able to really go beyond the mission statement. That one sentence is great for a website. But if you're just deciding to diversify, you have to dig a little bit deeper and mm -hmm. find those things and find those different facets of the program that really speak to different people. No, this makes sense. This is this this makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. So they this particular organization saw really encouraging results, not just in terms of diversifying by design of um, race and ethnicity i heard that you say that they managed to appeal and successfully engage or, or not even engage convert some younger mm -hmm. demographics right a, a, a younger um membership base yes and i think 
with the younger folks, it was anger. We were, we launched a program <laughs> right around summer of 2020 when there was a lot of refocused attention on civil uh, rights and equity. So we really were able to tap into the time um, and the energy of that time, folks feeling angry and motivated to make a change. And we were able to enter the conversation at the right time. And it worked really well. Mm -hmm. So you all had time on your side what you're what i'm hearing is that it was just a re, it was a totally relevant message at the best at the right time, time ever mm -hmm. for that particular message you're talking about the racial reckoning it sounds like and yep. you know the events connected to george floyd's murder and that whole under that current of that outcry for I would say racial justice on a global level. Exactly. On a global level. And you in this organization were able to collaborate and really speak to what folks were feeling at the time. Mm -hmm. Which I think in and of itself is a whole word. You know, when you think about strategy, Right. Um, when you're thinking about, OK, we want to explore this strategy, we want to diversify our membership. Is there a particular time of the year that yep. it might make sense to do that? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that makes a, a world of a, a difference. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. huh? And what's the name of this entity again? If anybody wants to kind of look at how they're doing, what they do for yes. small corporations. The International African American Museum located in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, you know what? I've been really, really interested in going there. You have to go. It's opening, in it's opening this year. You have to go. I have to go. In fact, I'm going to make it a priority to get there. So I haven't missed the grand opening. No, you have not missed it. It is upcoming. Okay. Because I was keeping track. I think that they got a new leader within the last like eight or nine months. If I, uh, if I have an inquirer in mind. So I do, you know, <laughs> I might not always comment or um you know share things on social media but i'll be paying attention though I'll you be have to attention. you have to be up on it and in the know yes yes so they got a new a dynamic sister went over there to yes dr tanya matthews she is in fact incredible. i had thought about reaching out to her you know to see if a sister if, if two two dope sisters could do some dope things together like right we love dope things things indeed um so, you know, I'm really encouraged. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make that a priority to check that out. Do we know when? Don't have a firm date yet, oh. but okay. it is coming soon. Okay, well, you listen. You'll be, I'll make sure I get you the, the sneak peek. I'll definitely let oh. you know. Oh, trust and believe. As soon <laughs> as we get off of here, I'm going to make sure that I'm plugged in to the news because I'm a VIP. Yes, ma'am. I'm a VIP. <laughs> okay, so I, I gotta, you know, I gotta be in the what's what and the who's who. Exactly. Hello, Felipe. Where you winning from? Where you winning from out there? Tell us where you winning from. 
Well, I want to thank you for stopping by and hanging out with me and talking about this timely topic of, you know, diversifying a membership strategy uh, for folks that want to connect or might have a question or just want to say, hey, or shout you out, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me right here on LinkedIn at Mia Rice. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way. Okay. I don't really do a lot of social connected oh, with work. Awesome. I feel like it, it mixes. It's too weird. Yeah, it is. It is. Have to keep them separate. It, listen, it does get weird. I get some interesting... Um, <laughs> Ooh, wait, I'm looking at like, wait a minute, really? Is this a dating site or is this social media? So how you going, you don't know my business, if I got a man, if I, you know, um, you, I mean, you know, yeah, so I understand. I completely understand. But no, hit Mia up on LinkedIn. If you're interested in this particular, the International African-American Museum, yep, like yeah. I am, you might want to plug into their news to make sure you're in the know. And I might bump into you because I will put that on my list of must-dos before 2023 comes to an end. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And I just want to thank you for hanging out. And remember... We are all the way live on the Fundraising and Marketing Playbook podcast each and every Wednesday. I will be off next Wednesday for those that are faithful to tune in, but I will have a um, pre-recorded, some pre-recorded content that I'll be sharing with you. It just, you just won't get me in real time, but you know, you'll still get the effect because the sister will be enjoying her 40 something birthday in belize you know taking a trip. thank you to take you know just to just to celebrate life and you know right and set some goals and objectives on the beach so while i won't be with you in present time i'll be with you in spirit as always this production is brought to you by bonterra and kia Kroom fundraising and philanthropy and just like that folks up oh, please give name again of your guest and how to reach her up oh, somebody wants to reach you sis somebody I wants love to Mia rice and you can find her on linkedin she is a powerhouse a treasure trove of resources well, and just one like to that, one Kia. well thank you dog <laughs> and just like that Y'all know what to do. You know the rest. Just like that, we're out. In the meantime, just win, baby. Yeah, Coach Kia. What up? Uh, talking about that good money. What we talking about? We talking about philanthropy. Coach Kia Kroon playing A, B, and a C. It's no fantasy. She can make it reality. Best in the field like a first-string athlete. Fundraising and marketing, she get tactical. Tackle your issues with a playbook so your cash can grow. She can show you just what to do. Coach Kia Kroon, when she touch down, it's a W. Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, Coach Kia, put me in the game. Coach, you an all-star, show me how to game. Go, 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 go.